LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical gospel-centered ministry tip every week. Now, Derek, on the weekend, I got called up. I was no, at uh, semi-final. Oh, semi-final, one of the parents, she got stuck into me. Apparently, I was being a little bit too raucous in my uh, in my cheering. Mm. But it, it got me, it was an interesting, com- interesting conversation, as it always is when there's a little bit of heat on the sideline, uh, about language. You know, so so I, I, I finished the uh, What language quarter. were you speaking? Well, I finished the quarter and I said, good fighting, you know, good fighting. So the quarter finished with a good sort of netball tussle. It was a, it was a, one, it was a 50-50, as they say in mm. AFL. And, uh, and, and our girls, had, 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 they won the 50-50. So I went, good fighting. You know, all season, I feel like bigger, larger teams have been going over the top of our girls. And so I went, good fighting. I then had a mum come over to me and said, good fight. You know, she got stuck into me about the language. Language is important. Language is important. <laughs> yeah, I felt like you just need to get something off your chest then. So I'm one, like I was wondering, is interesting. I, one of the dads is an English teacher, and he yeah. said uh, you might want to have said uh, "good contest." Yeah. Good contest. Yeah, yeah, right. But have you ever been called up on the sidelines for you know over raucous cheering? No, on the field, yes. Not cheering so much, but you know aggression on the field, yeah. But not so much on the sideline. As a parent. Yeah, no, no, I don't really go in for that kind of uh, shenanigans. Um, no, I keep it all bottled. Like with my, all my emotions, I, I think it's healthy. You bottle it up, you bottle it up. And at some point in the future, it'll come out, but um, yeah. Derek, we're going to hear a grab from Ray Galea uh, from our in- intensive, our third intensive. Mm. Uh, so we've got a leadership development program. And we asked Ray Galea to come and talk about courageous leadership. Uh, have you got a moment, you know, a moment where you've, you know, you struggle for courage in your in, in your leadership, where you, you know, had to do the hard thing? Can you sort of recall something in particular? Where you went, oh, this is going to be hard. Oh, lots of things. I think anyone who's led anything for any period of time has got those things that um, uh, that they can look back on and, and think, gee, that um, I took a lot of angst and anxiety and sleepless nights in order to confront. You knew you had to, and you knew the longer you waited, the worse it would get, the bigger it would be. Uh, yeah, I can think. Most of them are pastoral situations, actually. Um, not strategic situations. Um, they might be harder sometimes to see the strategic situations, but they don't take as much courage, I don't think, because generally pastoral situations, they're people you love and care for, uh, and you probably have, you're having to say something hard. That's those are the moments that, that spring to mind for me. What about you? Yeah, I think um, I, I think taking risks. I think some of those. So some of the things I find hard are when you when you're actually pushing out and you're taking uh, risks. Mm. So you know you, you're bringing on an extra you know an extra person in ministry. You're extending yourself in a new you know new ministry project. I think um, I think for me you know it's the taking of risks sometimes where you go whoa this could you know, this could break us, or this could, uh, you know, could really shape us, and could really see us grow and mm. flourish. Mm. Uh, I mean, the great, great thing is we've got a God who is uh, generous, gracious, and uh, and loves us, and also wants to see, you know, the church built. So in some ways, it's kind of, you know, you could say it's easy to step out and and do the new thing or or take the risk. Mm. But in the moment when you, you know, you're bringing someone on, you're pulling them out of uh, a church role, or you're starting a new thing, 
you, you know, that, that risk-taking, I, I think, is, uh, is often hard. It's interesting to ask the question in those moments, I find for myself, um, what am I not believing about the gospel in this moment? Mm. And often it comes back to, because I know the theological truths, as you said, um, but there's this question, what am I not believing about if I step into this? And for those big risks, those moments that you're identifying there, sometimes for me it's a reputational risk. What will people think about? I'm going to go out on a limb here, put this out there, try to lead people towards it, and it falls flat. Um, how will people see me? Now, what I'm not believing about the gospel there is that my identity is secure in Christ and that God cares far more about the church and the lost than I do. Um, but it's hard to separate out those things. There's me and my sinfulness, my feeling, and the truths of the gospel. So bring those things to bear. That's tricky. Now, that was a long uh, a long intro into uh, what was a, a fantastic uh, talk conversation uh, that Ray had with uh, cohorts five and six in the Leadership Development Program. I just want to play just a short grab from this uh, just to give you a bit of a taste, but Ray's, Ray's always uh, thoughtful, encouraging, and always pulling us back to, uh, to following Jesus. So I just want to play a, a quick uh, grab of uh, Ray Galea speaking about courageous leadership. So should courage actually be a virtue for Christians and Christian leaders? I did notice in Revelation 21.7, you know this as well, where we read those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. It's quite surprising that cowardice heads the list of sins that portray those who are heading for the second death. And normally framed in terms of fear of humans or fear of losing one's life, we have actually in the Bible a long list of cowardice acts. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. Abraham threw his wife under the bus, not once but twice, claiming she was his sister. Jacob, who would not speak up for his daughter who was raped. Moses' great act of bravery. Remember Moses? Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. The spies who gave such a negative report about the nations occupying the land appeared because they appeared so powerful. And who can forget Barak's response to Deborah, called to, to, the, to take the Canaanites on? His great words were, well, if you don't go with me, I won't go. <laughs> then there's Saul and the army, uh, intimidated by Goliath or Ahaz, trusting in his treaties with nations rather than trusting in God. Or Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night. Or the parents of the blind man in John 9 who, who abandoned their healed son for fear that they would be expelled from the synagogue. Or Pilate, who out of fear of the crowd handed Christ over to be crucified. Or Peter, who denied Jesus not once, twice, but three times. I don't know him. And then post-Pentecost, the one that really gets me is Peter again, who withdrew from the uncircumcised Gentiles for fear of the Judaizers in Galatians. And Timothy is urged not to be timid in 2 Timothy 1.7. Um, why are we told to not be ashamed of the gospel? Because it's fear and lack of courage that seem to be our instinctive responses. I remember preaching through Acts two years ago and seeing the boldness of the apostles. And uh, whenever they got imprisoned or whatever, they never prayed for protection. They just kept praying for more boldness that would lead to more conflict. As a result of that, I put on the top of my list um, of impossible prayer points to be consistently bold and preaching Christ. 
Uh, when we fear humans more than God, we're acting cowardly. And it's what stops people from firstly becoming Christians. It, it held me back because I was afraid of what my friends would think. It stops Christians from growing. Biggest decision in my life as a Christian, the hardest decision was telling my parents, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be Roman Catholic in a good conscience. Wow, that, that was the thing that scared the daylights out of me. But it stops leaders from leading. Lack of courage is a great killer of leadership. Every big decision that we took at MBM that took us to the next level required a degree of courage. As I look back, every decision that took, took MBM to the next level of growth required a degree of courage. And those decisions have been a blessing to me and my family, and I think MBM ever since. So we need to ask God for more courage, courage in the big decisions. So we each find different things hard to do. Let me just give you a list of what might be on your agenda right now. Starting a new congregation, taking on a building program, getting a 360 degree feedback, having a mentor, stopping a service, changing service times. Woohoo, that's the scariest one of all. Putting on a staff member before they are fully funded, growing the budget, introducing a new model of ministry, not being at the center of personal pastoral care. Oh, that's a hard one. Letting go of a staff member that is dearly loved, stepping down a person from their particular ministry role, a lay person, engaging with church discipline. Here are four examples of decisions I made that were hard, but gee, I'm so glad I made it. I mean, the obvious one was planning MBM in my last year in Bible college, which, by the way, I wouldn't normally recommend now. I remember making the decision to plant the Maltese Bible ministry when I left college. I remember being a bit afraid, but excited. My fear was, but my fear was exacerbated when my appendix burst and I was recovering in my last year of college at RPA Hospital. And it was halfway in my last year of college. And I'm feeling vulnerable thinking, oh, no, what have I done? I've got a wife, two kids to feed, no funding. I've gone public, which means my pride won't let me pull out. And so I'm, I was trapped. And I remember being really scared, physically vulnerable, because I had my appendix out. But what helped me in, in finding courage, really, was reading the book of Acts right through in one sitting and seeing the power of the gospel go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And I thought, yeah, the gospel is powerful. It's going to be okay. And the second thing that helped me was pondering the alternative, the cost of not doing it. I didn't want to get to the end of my life and regret I didn't take this step. So my fear of regret, I realized, was greater than my fear of failure. Hey, that's not bad sometimes. Um, and the third reason uh, was I kind of gave myself permission to fail. I was young, you know, um, and I said, if nothing happens in five years' time, I'll just go into some established ministry. Uh, and the fourth thing I gave myself a good talking to, that whatever happens, I'm still a child of God. God is still my dad. Heaven is my home. It's going to be okay. Okay, so that, that was that kind of framework. And then uh, fast forward 17 years, 2007. We were 450 people, maybe 500, depending on somewhere between that because I was looking back at old data. It was spread over six congregations in three sites. It was clear we were spread too far. Too many small congregations, too many kids' programs to service. Everyone was exhausted, especially my wife. Um, 
with pastors at each congregation, each spending 15 hours preparing sermons. It was just not a sustainable model, and I knew it was my fault. I had no one else to blame. I took counsel. I did research. I consulted. I gave explanations. I listened. I listened. I held my breath, and then I made the call. In one year, I closed down not one, not two, but three congregations, Bosley Park, 9.30, and Korea, and a Korean study, a church we had. I also removed the children's program from the 5 p.m. service. And uh, what helped me bite the bullet, it's funny, isn't it, what drives, helps you get over your fear uh, in making hard decisions. It, it's actually knowing that reality bites. That is, if I didn't act, it would have imploded anyway. Whatever I did, there was going to be a painful outcome. But the pain of not closing would have led to a very slow death, very discouraging slow death. And there would have been a price to be paid. Now, we lost we lost 50 people and a bit of a dent in our budget. Um, and I'm a collegiate leader. You know, I'm not that sort of way, let's go out in the front, you know, and leave everyone, you know, 10 kilometers behind. I want, I want to bring people with me. But you want to be careful that you don't want a unanimous decision before you go forward. So I work hard at collegiate leadership. But, you know, you are taking the lead and uh, not everyone is going to be on board and uh, you have to just live with that quota of naysayers. You just can't have too many of them, otherwise it just stops the vision from actually having legs. Well, you've just heard uh, Ray Galea talking about courageous leadership at our third intensive of the Leadership Development Program. If you want to find out more about the Leadership Development Program, head to reachaustralia.com.au. Uh, we would love to talk to you uh, about your church. And as a network, we actually want to see healthy evangelistic multiplying churches all across Australia. And we think one of the key ways of thinking about that is actually asking a question about our leadership and, and seeking to develop ourselves as leaders. And that's what the Leadership Development Program is all about. Uh, yeah, so I was there. I saw a bit of Ray's uh, talk and I spent the week with the guys and investing in your own leadership, um, your own heart issues, your own competence issues, hugely important. So let me encourage you to do that. But this has been another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hanna. I'm Scott Sanders. Speak soon. <laughs>